listening to Over the Oxa podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. On this episode, I'm going to start talking about our guts, things that talk about guts. So you can talk about a gut feeling, you know, and I felt it in my gut that I should do this. You can talk about trusting your gut. And sometimes when people are in a real dilemma, the only advice that we can give them is go with your gut. We also say things like, I felt gutted, when we obviously are really, really disappointed and fed up. Those phrases interest me because they've obviously been in our language for many a year. And yet now, in the past 20, 30 years, we've begun to learn more and more about the gut and how it influences our feelings and also how the gut influences our thoughts. And that's where I'm going to take us today. I want to talk about the gut as a second brain. I'm sure you've heard of it being called the second brain. And this came about because Historically, people thought that it was the brain that was sending signals down to the gut to say things like, you know, move it along, that kind of thing, get on with digestion. But actually, David Geffen at the University of California in Los Angeles found that more signals were going from the gut up to the brain. And when he looked in more detail, and other workers did this as well, they found that there were so many neurons connected with the gut that it couldn't simply be that these signals were firing on up to the brain to say, yep, I've finished digestion now, or, you know, we're, we're moving everything along. It just couldn't be. It, it, it was far too many nerves to, for this to ever be true. And so although there is that that communication between the gut and the brain, the gut does seem to have such an importance as part of our whole neurology that the gut nerves are actually called a separate part, if you like, of the nervous system. They're not part of the central nervous system and they're quite a distinct part of the peripheral nervous system. So this is called the enteric nervous system and it, it seems to be yeah a little bit apart obviously in communication with the rest of us but kind of on its own in terms of some of its functions and the activities and metabolism that's happening there. What's fascinating to me about this communication between the enteric or the gut nervous system and the brain is that it kind of interweaves with other thinking theories and knowledge about how we think, how we act, how we show emotion, how we feel emotion, and so on. For example, that highway 
where the signals are going from the gut to the brain and the brain to the gut is through the vagus nerve. Now, there is obviously the polyvagal theory. Some people love it, some people don't love it, some people don't believe it, and some people rely on it and love it and use it. So I'm not going to talk about, you know, whether or not I think it's a good thing or a bad thing. I haven't looked into it in any great detail. It does seem to have some support. But the polyvagal theory is all about the vagus nerves. And there are two branches, two main branches. One is dorsal and one is ventral. And when nerve signals tend to be going through the dorsal part, tends to be that we're talking there about heightened alertness and anxiety and being on edge, whereas the rest and relaxation and calm is happening through the ventral vagus nerve. So it's just a point of interest to me that the vagus nerve is central in this gut and brain axis as well. What's also really, really interesting is that the gut is connected to the emotional centre of the brain. Now, I love my food and I love chocolate. I'm not sure that I mean that kind of emotion, but, you know, it is connected to the amygdala, little part of the brain which plays a key role in fight and flight, but also the part of the brain where it's the seat of emotions and it's also where emotions can be stored. So again, another fascinating kind of offshoot of the fact that we have this gut and brain axis. It's also when we dig a little bit deeper, and everybody will know this, it's the bacteria of the gut a lot of the time that are the main source of signals between the gut and the brain. The gut bacteria, and it doesn't matter really if they're good or bad, they will still produce these neurochemicals or neurotransmitters, these chemicals that are required for nerves to keep firing and keep the signal flowing. It's those bacteria that produce these neurochemicals. And neurochemicals can be very stimulatory or they could be a little bit more depressive. So The fine balance between neurochemicals in our neurology can also influence our mood. And this just makes me kind of so amazed that we have this system where it's the little teeny tiny bacteria in my gut who are influencing my mood. Now, that just makes me think, hang on a sec, (laughs) where are my thoughts coming from? Where are my emotions coming from? Are they from me or are they from a gang of bacteria that live in my gut? Perhaps I shouldn't get too hung up about those thoughts. 
there's even emerging data that shows that the effect of the bacteria can kind of have an influence on anxiety levels. So I'm meaning more clinical style of anxiety and depression. And that there's also some evidence that's showing that the serotonin levels, the change in serotonin turnover in the body can also be affected by our gut bacteria. It's even suggested that serotonin that might be escaping from our second brain may play a part in autism. So it's very, very far-reaching. Just the limits of what we know sound as though we're just on the precipice of understanding something quite phenomenal in our bodies. So what else those little bugs doing (laughs) in our guts? Well, there's also quite a complicated relationship between the gut bacteria and stress hormones like cortisol. And that tells us now that we've got links between our state of mind, our amount of alertness or stimulation or arousal, and between the gut. But also thinking is affected by these little bacteria. And what happens is there seems to be a link between the bacteria and a part of your brain that's for learning and memory. And that part is the hippocampus. So there's a huge amount of impact brought about by the bacteria living in the gut. And it seems quite logically that for us to get the maximum benefit in terms of our mindset from all of this is to have a happy gut. And in fact, lots and lots and lots of studies have been done with patients who have things like IBS or some kind of gut dysfunction, such as dysbiosis and leaky gut and so on. And they've looked not only at the physiological changes in their bodies, but also in their mindset and in their hormone levels and in their neurochemical levels. And this really has helped to understand a little bit more about the gut and about the bacteria and how to sway the balance in favour of the good bacteria and therefore to have the balanced metabolism and metabolites that we need for a great thinking brain. Imagine now a time in the future when somebody has something like anxiety or depression or stress or burnout and they get information on how to change their diet to change the way they think and the way their emotions are regulated. Imagine now also going to a mindset coach or a therapist, psychologist or psychiatrist 
And then not talking about your mind so much, but your diet and how to enhance the good bacteria and how to have great gut hygiene. Wouldn't that be something? And isn't that something that we could actually use for ourselves right now to see if it changes our mood? Can we then get rid of these things that we think of as mindset issues? Are they mindset issues of our brain or are they mindset issues of our second brain? Something to ponder. Well, I'd like to talk again about the gut, but more specifically about your gut feelings and your intuition, because that's another interesting story. But for now, thanks ever so much for listening. Take care and I'll see you again very soon. 